This is Grind Season. I'm Jason Smith, one of your two co-hosts here on Grind Season and co-host of the Jason John Midday Radio Show here in Memphis on 92.9 FM ESPN and Odyssey Station. And this is my co-host, more importantly, Anthony Sane, a man who's covered the Memphis Grizzlies in written and podcast form for, what, saying the last nine years now? Yeah, and, nine years, man. I, I started when my son Gabe was in his mother's womb. And, and so that's how I know how long I've been doing this, man. He just celebrated his ninth birthday last week. So, yeah, it's been been nine years in the grind, man. For those of you all who don't know us yet or, or from outside of Memphis, you will soon find out that Anthony Sane is the talent here on Grind Season. I am just humbled to be here uh, in this first episode one saying this. This feels historic, baby. It feels, it feels it good, feels man. Historic. History in the making, man. History, History in the making. is in the making. We yeah. got our own podcast. Where were you when you heard the first episode of Grind Season? Remember where, where you were you? Were? Maybe yeah. one day they'll remember, saying. Maybe one yeah. day they'll, I know one thing we'll remember uh, is what John Morant did last season, uh, moving mm-hmm. into all star, you know, all star and superstar status, and he's got the Grizzlies mm-hmm. off to a four and one start here on the early season. We're going to talk about that. Here in episode one of Grind Season, our early impressions of the team. John Morant, one of your leading scorers in the NBA, feels like it's just another leap up, doesn't it, Saying To right, the next right. step up, the NBA superstardom for him. We'll yeah. talk about that. Obviously, the team's been out with Jaron Jackson and will continue to be for the time being. We'll talk about, mm-hmm. we'll talk about who stepped up right in oh, yeah. Jaron's spot and everything else. We'll move on. The Dylan Brooks question. Sane and I have, have begun to tackle this one, too, on my radio show. You know, what's yeah. his future? With the Memphis Grizzlies, I think Sane agrees that's one of the big looming questions over this team this season. Hey, you know, do something with Dylan Brooks by trade deadline? Do you do it like you did with Tyus and Kyle Anderson last mm-hmm. year? Let it play out. We'll see. We'll talk about it. What's the plan with Dylan Brooks? And then finally, we'll close out episode one with who brought that season in, baby? Who I mean, S Z N. And y'all yeah, know Sane's responsible for the flavor. Going to be a look back <laughs> at our standouts over the past five games here in this edition, and then a look ahead to what the Grizzlies have got coming up. We know they're headed into Utah for a mm-hmm. couple of games. So that's the show, uh, at least the plan for right now. Who knows where it'll go when we got Anthony Sane in the building. But but yes, Sane, let me, let, me, let me start you here. Mm-hmm. First impressions just of this Memphis Grizzlies group through five games now where they're at now at 4-1. and one. Uh, Two words, Jason. Breathing easy. Um, coming to the season, a lot of us had, of course, the concerns. You lose Anthony Melton. You lose Kyle Anderson. Um, you knew that coming into the season. You also knew that coming to the season, Jaron Jackson Jr. wouldn't be here, you know, for whatever amount of time. What we didn't know is that you also would be without Dylan Brooks and without right. Zaire Williams to start the season. And that the guy who was replacing both of those guys, John Conchar, he would miss, you know what I mean? He, he's missed a game so far. Um, and to be four and one, to beat a team like Brooklyn, who they're they're struggling right now. Uh, Brooklyn is not playing up to their potential, but you know that team should get get it together. Um, to have the record you have early without Jaren, any wins you get without Jaren is phenomenal. And to look the way that we're looking so far, but with, with like you said, with John Morant taking another leap on top of what was already an All Star uh, All Star starter leap, a second team All NBA leap, NBA Most Improved Player Award leap. To see him going to another level, getting in the gym, regardless of some of the uh, uh, complaints you hear about, the criticisms you hear about John, like, like, you know, people are talking about, you know, we see him partying, we see him drinking, we see him doing this and the other. But what work has he put in? Has he been in the lab? Has he been in the gym? And we see 
that John Moran clearly was in the gym this summer. That three-point shot is uh, looking phenomenal. He was shooting 60% going into yesterday's game against the Kings, and now we see uh, he's shooting the ball at a very high clip, and it makes him a very scary player. Like I said, I'm breathing easy. I, I believe this team is fine. Jaron Jackson Jr., when the reports came out, we thought we were just hoping we could see him by Christmas. And then that turned into, hey, man, I, if I were to bet the under, I would bet Thanksgiving. And now people are saying, hey, start looking around Halloween time for when, you know, Jaron should come back. And that's and that's soon. Jaron put out a cryptic tweet on his burner account. <laughs> we call it his burner account. It's really his music account. A lot of people don't know that it's Jaron Jackson Jr. behind it. But he put something about November in there. November's a long month. But uh, if we get Jaron Jack Jackson back in the next few weeks on top of what they're doing now, that, that breathing easy can be, you know, breathing very good, being excited about what this team could do uh, going forward in the season. See, I'm glad you brought up Jaron saying because it feels mm -hmm. like to me that right now you are going game to game. In terms of judging, mm -hmm. right, what this Grizzlies team will be, we can't do that now. We can't do it until right. Jaron Jackson's back. You get Read him with the core. Now that you've got Dylan Brooks back in the fold for a couple of games, hopefully he's back in for good. But we don't know what they'll be to that point. Right now, this is a Grizzlies team that's 29th in defense. We know that last year with Jaron mm -hmm. Jackson in the fold for a full they season, you're, you're sixth in defense and in, in defensive rating in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So right now, I mean, I, I, I tell you more, you know, I know some people have looked at the Grizzlies numbers defensively, been a little concerned. I, I'm with you. I, I'm not concerned at I'm all. Concerned at all. I know no. Defensively, what this team is going to be will be defined once Jaron Jackson is right. back. And right now it's just about piling up as many wins as you can with him out, with Santi Aldama right. holding it down, a guy who is probably going to be, you know, rotation player, sure, but not a guy you necessarily had to rely on. He's coming through for you and starts. You want to do, you know, allow him to hold it down, get get pile up as many wins as you can till you get to that point, Thanksgiving, whatever it's going to be earlier than that. Right. Hopefully, hey, hopefully get him back a little after Halloween, whatever it's going to be. Then, then you're whole and you can figure mm -hmm. out what this team's going to be. But it's offensively saying, even with, you know, with Jaron out, with Dylan out for three of these five games, Zaire Williams, a rotation piece, has been out. They've been mm -hmm. fourth. And a lot of that's because of your guy, John Morant, and how efficiently he's doing it, taking that next step up, man. It's been yeah, phenomenal exactly. to watch. It's been phenomenal to watch with, with John, just how, I don't know, mature for, you know, beyond his years, he seems to be. Yeah. A guy that, you know, closing out the nets the way they did him and Bain, it just looks like a guy who's been playing in the league for seven, eight years, and is yeah. just in control at all times. It's been a way to watch. John has a maturity well beyond his years. And you're talking about a guy who – it's already being respected by some of the all-time greats who see the game a different way than we do as fans. Yep. People who are calling him one of the smartest point guards of all time. You know what I mean? And he has a unique blend of – Ja's unique blend of a lot of stuff on and off the court. We talk about this all the time. But Ja has a unique blend of having supernatural athleticism. He has athleticism. If you look at him, you're like, okay, he's athletic as Derrick Rose was, you know, at the peak of his career. And then he's got – a court vision like a Chris Paul, a leadership like a Chris Paul. He's shooting the ball from three now, which is <laughs> insane. It's insane. Right. And he's got, you know, he's got a floater. He can handle the ball well. He's got super high basketball IQ. He's literally something you've never seen before. And he plays with a flair that that the, the flair that he plays with, you would think that he would make more, many more mistakes than what he does on the court. But there are times where you say, okay, Jolly, you don't have to make that pass. But it's not like He's killing the team with the things that he does. And um, when you got a guy like that, your floor is very high. And then you got a guy like in Jaron Jackson Jr. who covers a multitude of sins on defense. 
like we've seen happen in years past. Because there was one constant last year. We talked about this this morning on the Jason and John show when I came on. We were talking about is it Dylan that makes the defense good or is it Jaron that makes the defense good? I want to say Dylan only played less than 30 games last year, 24 games, something like that the entire season. Jaron Jackson Jr. played every game except for four games last year. He was the constant. He was the player that was there. Uh, and when he got going and when he became the guy that led the league in blocks, these type of things, that's when our, our, our defense really took, a, took off. When you got a guy like that that's a rim protector – uh, like Jaron is, uh, a guy who I believe should have been a uh, defensive player of the year, would have been the youngest defensive player of the year in history, beating out Dwight Howard. When you got a guy like that on the team, you're talking about a guy who really impacts change. And this year, with with Desmond Bain taking the leap that looks like he's taking, you know what I mean? He's getting ready to take again. When you got your two primary scorers in Ja and Bain, your two playmakers, because watching Desmond Bain turn to a guy who, who was – a spot-up shooter his rookie year coming off the bench to a guy who's your secondary playmaker scorer on this team yeah it's phenomenal you know what i mean when you've got those type of two of those guys on your team two guys who in a matchup this monday in the fedex forum on a monday night we watched kyrie Irving, kevin durant two of the greatest iso scorers in the history of the nba <laughs> not in today's nba two of the greatest iso scorers in the history of the nba we watched those two guys be outdoed by two young guns on our team, John Morant, Desmond Bain. We watched that in the FedEx Forum. Our two guys outscored those guys, and we got the dub, and we got the win. That's a phenomenal thing to see. And I think that once every, everything, everyone else gels in, every, uh, Dylan Brooks finds his role with the team, once those things happen, then you get the Block Panther, Jaron Jackson Jr., number 13, first team all defense when he gets back. I think the sky's the limit for this team, and I think they know that. I think they know Jaron's coming soon. I think he's coming around the corner, and it's going to be scary hours, so to speak, in the city of Memphis. To, to your point on on, on Bain and, and, and John, sort of where that mm-hmm. is right now, you, you you talked on Bain, who, what, 14, and he's really broken out of, started slow, mm-hmm. obviously, first three games, last two, right. 14 of 19 from three, 69. Say that number again, man. That last. sounds freaking we, – we can curse. That sounds – I don't feel like cursing them. It feels Four, incredible, man. 14, 14 and 19. 19 from three. Four, eight, uh, eight, uh, uh, you had eight in one game against the Nets, obviously, and had mm-hmm. six in the other. 25 of 39 overall, but more so to your point, too, he's been a that secondary playmaker. You know, yeah. a guy who can go out there and give you seven assists. You know, you, you put those two together now, and mm-hmm. you can start talking about and saying you and I broached the question about where does this backcourt rank you know Desmond Bain's gonna have it we we've talked about this would have it tough in terms of making an all-star team at this point in his career you feel like just because there are so right. many western conference guards in terms of that that, that hill you'd have to climb but mm-hmm. if you're talking about two guys who can go out you mentioned he outscored Duran in that third quarter whereas that mm-hmm. that 17 for Duran is knocking most out Bain scores 19 where, where would you put this Grizzlies backcourt right now as young as it is with Bain and with Ja, both as playmakers and scorers, how high do they already rank in the league in terms of best backwards? Man, they're up there, man. Like, I don't – I'm just kind of thinking about it now. I'm Better. probably over – I'm overlooking some guys, I'm sure, for sure. Cleveland has a good one. Um, yeah. They're a little Barry undersized. Yeah. yeah, they're Barry a little undersized Donovan. to me. But they Chris haven't Paul, had a game where – Paul Devin Booker, too. Don't yeah, you have to put him in there Paul out of Booker. respect, say. Paul and Booker, for sure. I ain't seen neither one of them dudes have a game where two guys damn near had 40 points, though. Like, I, I ain't seen that. And Bain's 
Bane did it again. Bane had 32 or something like that again last night. Um, the, the amount of points those guys are putting up, man, are incredible. I don't know, man. Now that I think about it, probably probably Paul and Booker for sure. Um, you mentioned Dej- DeJounte and Trey haven't accomplished enough yet while no. the, you know, the all-star appearances no. might be there mm-hmm. in terms of what those guys have proven as a duo. It's it's mm-hmm. nothing at this point. Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh Jonte can keep up with the points wise the way Trey can. Uh but they're good though. That's a good backcourt. I don't think it fits, which is a whole nother conversation. But yeah, John John Bain, man, those dudes scary for sure. And with Donovan, when you talk about all-star, um with Donovan Mitchell sliding over to the east, I'm sure that could help Bain's cause a little bit. Dame, we don't know. Injuries, we don't know how good Portland's gonna be. Man, I I might just, I might sleep on this over the weekend when we record episode two. Man, I might I might have a case where Desmond Bain could be an All Star this year. I really got to look at some numbers, look at some guys, look at some names to see where he falls into that. But yeah, for I, sure. I think the other story to this four and one star for the Grizzlies, besides you know Jaw's mm-hmm. next step, what Bain has mm-hmm. done, really the the last two games have been the way, and you you touched on this. Uh, Santi Aldama has yeah. stepped up into Jaron's spot. I don't know that many of us. Saying I, I I certainly was not one of them after Santi no. last year and what thirty some games shoots twelve percent from three was not <laughs> yeah. prepared for him to get and listen it it's not it it's not Jaron Jackson level production we're talking mm-hmm. eleven and six on the average but you saw him step up with a double double in the opening game against Julius Randle and it's not just Santi Aldama you've seen John Conchar step up into a starting role when Dylan Brooks was out so it feels mm-hmm. like saying just as much of a, a part of the story at least so far as for the Grizzlies is John Bain and everything else they're doing is what they're getting from role guys. The rookies, we saw LaRavia last night go for 13 and nine. Have you been impressed by what you've seen so far from the, the unproven guys that the Grizzlies have asked to step up this season? Yeah, man, there was a tweet out that said um, teams normally can do one or two of these three things. That's uh, get younger, get better and get cheaper. They said most teams, they get younger or they can get cheaper, maybe the both of those. But to get younger, cheaper, and better at the same time is unheard of, and the Grizzlies do it all the time. <laughs> they've done it They've done it three years in a row. They've cut back on salary, they've gotten younger, and they've, and they've gotten better every season, which speaks to their level of development. And it's, it's, it's a tried-and-true formula that they've been doing for the last three years where they draft guys – and I'm looking at Kenneth Lofton. I'm seeing people say, oh, man, we need to be paying, playing Kenneth Lofton. And I'm like, man, leave that bun in the oven. Let that right. kid let that kid hibernate. Let that, let that big bear hibernate because when he's ready, he's going to be ready. They did it with John Conchar. When they got him, he spent most of his time in the G League. But when it was time to call him up, he was ready. They put, they, the, the Grizzlies and the Hustle, they play in the same gym. They, they practice in the same gym. They practice on the same floor. They cross each other. They they high five they they fist bump they they see each other. Mm-hmm. You let him you let him spend his time in the G League, and when he's ready he's ready. That was John Concha. Santi Aldama. Santi, I was just gonna say. Let him, let yeah. him play in the G League. Let him get a couple games in whatever when we need him to. But when he's ready he's ready, and they're gonna do it again with Kendall Lofton. Nothing makes me think that they're not gonna do the exact same thing with Kendall Lofton that they did with John Concha that they did with Santi Aldama. And, and I think they'll do the same thing with him. Our development system is insane. Is it development? It real quick is uh, to ask you: Is it the development system or the players they're picking, 
or perfect blend. It has to, I think it's a perfect both. blend of both, man. Like they 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 have guys that are their type of guy that they know how that they. I don't know if it's um, the interviews. I don't know if it's certain things, certain analytics to look at on the court. I know they like guys who who do well in uh, uh, steals, blocks, and assists. Mm-hmm. I know that's something that they're big about. Guys that can keep the ball moving, that are versatile, that can you know that are uh, pests on defense, that can knock down three point shots. That's something that they're high on. And every guy on that that they acquired this summer in the draft fits that criteria, except for Kenneth Lofton. He doesn't fit that criteria at all, um, based on what they like. But um, but you know we've definitely seen him be a phenomenal player. But it's it's the it's the way that they they manage the way that guys get minutes. And it's and it's wild, man. It's like they know when to play a Zaire Williams to the point where okay, he's starting to look terrible. But it's it's like it's it's at the point where he kills you, but he's not really killing you. Like, oh, I got it. It's just like with David Roddy. Like David Roddy looks absolutely terrible right now. But yeah. we all oh, know Matt, not ready, yeah. right? We yeah. all know by the end of the year, David Roddy's gonna look like a much better player. Like, there's nothing that makes me think he's not gonna be. That's that's we've seen it happen with every one of these dudes. What? And don't they have to miss though at some point, saying on one of these dudes? I, hey, I'm gonna call a miss when I see a miss, man. I thought I, I thought Santi Aldama was terrible. I, I thought did, that I was the one. I thought that was the guy. Yeah, he sucks. But man, that dude's out there looking like low budget Pau Gasol out there, man. Slim Spain, Slim Spain, like for real. Like he's looking like he's looking like a great value Pau Gasol. If y'all seen the movie with Adam Sandler and and um. Whatever the kid, the Bo Cruz. That's that's he's James freaking Bo Cruz. <sighs> like no, he's Santi, out there has been a revelation, and it's a credit yeah, to their their developmental program man. and the, the way and they pick. Imagine players. when Jaron comes back. Imagine when Jaron comes back, Smith. What Santi will be doing on that bringing, second unit, right? Mm-hmm. If he could, if he can get minutes at the five, like if, if him and Brandon Clark are your backups, and you got Jaron and Adams as your starters, or you can come back and go Jaron and and, and Santi, or Jaron and BC. Or BC and whatever you're doing, when you've got those interchangeable bigs at the four and the five, if Santi's good as he looks now, which he is, it just makes our reserves that much more incredible going forward. How and then in a couple of years, you got this monster Kenneth Lofton. You about to come from the G League? It's got my head spinning. But go ahead. I just saw, you know, I saw Santi had a little swag to him too. Got a nice yeah. little attitude to him too when things are going. How much of, of that too is affected by Ja? You know, I think a lot of it is. When Jai's got confidence in you or believes in you, as he seems to with a lot of these young guys, mm-hmm. it, it feels like that whole, hey, I'm in the room with greatness. I'm not going to let greatness down So mm-hmm. or be the reason greatness lose. Let, so let me be my best self. It feel, We literally see that from Jai in year four, how, you know, the impact on making guys better. It's taken, you know, it's taken Hall of Famers years and years to learn All how to right. do that. It seems like Jai just was born with it. But you you feel like that's been some of the impact to the development of the I mean Bane's emergence last year and everything else right. you know when you've got Ja believing in you feels like these guys can be their best selves that's a that's that's the other part of being a superstar right. a, a part of of something that's understated with this Grizzlies team is that guys don't have egos <laughs> when you have guys that are all close to being the same age they're literally all pulling for each other you know what I mean and you don't have like this old ass man who's <coughs> I don't want. I don't want this kid to shine because he might take my spot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's none of that. Yeah, you, you, none of that. Everybody, Ja wants to see other guys excel. You know what I mean? And 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 it bleeds down when you got a guy who has a swagger like Ja has. That bleeds down the confidence, the shit talking, all that. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's going straight down from Ja down to the lowest man. 
And like I said, man, Ja is just, he's a phenomenal teammate. He's a phenomenal leader. Everyone I talked to, I was talking to someone with the organization. He said, man, you know what? People say what they want to say about 12. That dude is a hell of a teammate. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> he said, that dude is a hell of a teammate. And like I said, man, he pushes these guys. He's, he's, um, and, and, and for the city of Memphis to have a kid who seems like he's born here. Mark Giannato of, of uh, the Commercial Appeal, he texted me. He said, man, uh, if 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 Ja was from Memphis, where would he be? Where would he be from? He said, I call I, I claim Raleigh. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, hey, Mark, I guess I guess you've been in long enough to know enough about Raleigh, I guess. But Ja is like authentically Memphis, and he's not from here. You know what I mean? And I think him being the leader that he is, having the basketball IQ he has, to instilling confidence in guys. I remember when we had a uh, interview with the players um, during the preseason training camp or whatever i said ja i said uh what guys have surprised you he's like ain't none of these guys surprised me he said um on draft night when they said we got laravia roddy williams uh kennedy chandler uh kenneth lawton he said i immediately started watching tape of these guys i want to know where they like the ball you know what i mean i want to know where where where, where the spots on the court how they cut how they set picks. He said, I went and looked at all of that. He said, I'm not, he said, I, I knew all of their games before camp even started. Like to a T. That's the type of work that that a transcending cerebral. generation. Yeah, cerebral mm-hmm. player. Because typically, man, when you see a guy who's like Russell Westbrook, super athlete, Derrick Rose, super athlete, they don't do the little things because the, the big things are so easy. You know what I mean? Yep. But Ja, a guy who was not heralded in high school, always been super athletic but never not heralded in high school not really heralded in college to the second year he puts in the work man he it, it, and someone said one time a dangerous player is a player who is the it's one of the better players in the world but plays like he's not but but practices and trains like he's not when you, and that's what john morant is man when you see him come out and his game has just went to a whole nother level man when you got a guy like that on your on your team you're going to be phenomenal and i think that's what we're seeing so far yeah and it feels like the literally i know it's cliche but it feels like the sky's the limit it it mm-hmm. feels like memphis now you know even more so so than when the the core four was going it feels like memphis got a shot to win a championship oh yeah man you like know? nothing the core four one was fun we needed that those are the training wheels this city need but man this john Morant thing i like the this way john you Morant, training. Yeah. that was training wheels this john yeah. Morant thing is crazy bro like kids all over the world know who john Morant is you know what i mean his jerseys tops in the league, top 10 in the league, you know, video games with him all in the commercials for him and NBA previews all over the place. And you know, he's got a shoe coming soon. You know what NBA 2K covers coming soon. It's so another level, man. And a lot of people are criticizing Stephen A. Smith about the Elvis stuff. Like, man, that ain't what Memphis is. Like we ain't care about no Elvis here. Cause he's saying Memphis, y'all need to take all the Elvis stuff down and put the job stuff up. I will say this, man, our city loves Ja. We can stand a little little overhaul. We can stand to see a lot a little bit more Josh stuff, you know, in the city or whatever. Um, you know, Josh got that one mural downtown, but I I can stand to see a couple more dozen of those uh throughout the city. <laughs> I, I would like I would like that when you get within a certain range of the FedEx form, you see John Morant stuff, you know, everywhere. I could I mean I get that. You know what I mean? But because, I think it's coming though. I think it's coming for sure. Because I'm with you 100 percent because you were talking about one of the faces of the league. Mm-hmm. So his his his, his, face, face, be, 
his face he's, should be all over Memphis. It, it, right. I'm, I'm, he's I'm, definitely I'm, becoming I'm, one of the faces of the league for sure. Uh, you mentioned Ish talking. Uh, that brings us to topic number two, saying Dylan Brooks is back with the Memphis Grizzlies. Played the last two games, sat out the first three with thigh soreness. Um, big question for this franchise with Dylan Brooks and where he fits in. Does he fit in? They have obviously signed a lot of their core, re-signed a lot of their core already. Ja, Jaron Jackson in the fold, uh, Tyus, Stephen Adams, those guys. And the question is going to be, with Dylan Brooks obviously on expiring, this certainly ain't news to you, Saint. No, mm-hmm. we've talked about it a bunch. Is he around after this season? You know, does he find a way to fit? Is he willing maybe to accept less from the Grizz than he would be you know, that he would obviously get maybe if he hits the open market, uh, if, if he doesn't sign uh, an mm-hmm. extension. Just sort of where are you on on Dylan Brooks, how important he is to this team, and whether he'll still be on it beyond this season? Man, uh, you're doing it to me, Smith. You you you, you mess with my emotions now, man. Uh, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan is a soft spot of mine. He's one of those, um, in my time of working with kids in the, in the city, there were always kids who um, it seemed like the kids that cut up the most, that did the most dumb shit, who who, who were the most problem children. Those are the ones you cared about. Those are the ones that kept you up at night. Cause you're like, man, if you would just do this, you would be this. You know what I mean? If you would just right. stop doing this, you would be this. You got so much to offer. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Stay and, on and that I, straight line. Yep. Right. And I worked in a uh, I worked in a uh, behavioral health center, and I saw kids who were making dice out of soap or dice out of toilet paper, wet toilet paper. And I saw a kid that was smuggling pornography into the building on a, on a USB drive slash MP3 player. And he was playing, he was able, he was sitting there watching pornography in his room without the, without internet access. He, he had a, he had a junk drive. that was an MP3 player that it was full of porn that he would sit there and he would watch porn on his, uh, on his PlayStation, on his video. Man, what game. the hell has that got to do with Dylan with this porn and all this? Let me get you there, man. <laughs> what the point I'm trying to make is, I would say to these kids, man, if y'all if y'all could use that same energy to do something positive, y'all would be some amazing goddamn kids. You know what I mean? But I got you. with Dylan, you got you. one of the better defenders in the NBA, one of the hardest working dudes in the NBA. But he gets on the court, man, and he just thinks he's. Devin Booker or somebody, you know what I mean? Like Devin Booker, Devin Booker plays the Kobe Jr. role. He plays the, I'm Kobe's son. Jason Tatum plays the, I'm Team Kobe thing, Mamba mentality. Dylan Brooks out here wearing 24, like he that dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like Dylan, you're not man. For if, this if, team, if, he really can't be right, son. He yeah, can't be that it, for this team. With when Desmond Bain being who he's been this year, we do not need Dylan Brooks to be any of that. Right. I promise you, we don't. We don't. All we need them to do is go out there and play crazy defense, keep the ball moving, take shots when he's open, penetrate to the basket, draw some fouls, bring the energy, bring the grit and grind energy that the city loves. But we don't need him to do any of this other stuff. And when he, and like we talked about today on your show, man, if Dylan could just get it through his skull, then man, if I could just go out here and bust my ass on defense, play smart, play within the system, give the team maybe eight, 10 points a game. I would be the perfect player, and I would get a tremendous fucking payday from the Memphis Grizzlies. I would be in Memphis, finishing my career on one of the better young teams in the league, and I would get a fat-ass payday. 
You really think Dylan's thinking like, like that? You really think Dylan can think like that? I don't know. Do I think he's that, mentally handicapped or anything? I don't know. <laughs> I, I hope he can. You know what I mean? Don't but, that run with? Doesn't that run counter to what you th- just throw this at you? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm on an expiring deal. Yeah. I need to score as many points as possible. Yeah, I need to play defense, but I just need to be more efficient and hell of you know whatever it is to get the does it doesn't fall does falling in line you know whether that's the third fourth part of this the fourth cog in the wheel with the Grizzlies or whatever it is you mentioned eight to ten points can, can that really get him a maximum amount of money? Don't most NBA players think? Look, if I'm right. if I'm gonna go get that, let me go out here and show sure. everything I can do, and which which would run counter to the Grizzlies wanting him to sort of fit in and and understand that he's part of a pecking order. But what would make him think that he can even be the type of guy that can go get that type of production anyway? And he's not going to do it here. They're not going to let him do it here. You tell me you some team I mean? wouldn't, wouldn't pay him more than 60 for four, 60 over four to come in there and be their number two score and their top defender? You know? But I'm you, saying, you tell- Brandon Clark got $15 million a year, right? Tyus Jones got, what, 12? Something yeah. like that. Like those that. guys wouldn't. Those guys wouldn't be as valuable as a you know good Dylan would be. If 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 Dylan played the role here, they wouldn't. Dylan would get more money than both of those guys would, just for just for being a guy who's a phenomenal defender and efficient. If if he was that man, I mean he would he would get paid regardless. But he's trying to be Devin Booker, and it ain't who he is. And he doesn't really understand that that trying to be that guy is not going to work for him. But I'm hoping that it works for him, man, because I want to see. If you're talking core four, he's that he's the Tony Allen. You know what I mean? He probably thinks he's Zach Randolph as far as the pecking order, but just go be Tony Allen, bro. You could be one of the most beloved Grizzlies of all time, but you just go out there and you're just a hard-nosed defender. And the thing is, he could be Tony Allen with a lot more offensive capability. Right. Right. But he wants to be, you know, alpha or beta. Just be whatever the fourth guy is, man. And it would he would be amazing for us if he did it. Well, let me ask you this: What what are the if if the Grizzlies do elect, or if they decide, you know, that this is what we can give Dylan? Dylan says, "No, no, I want more. Mm-hmm. Let me, I, I'll go the open market." What are they without him? Is there, you know, you and I have touched on this a, mm-hmm. a little bit, but how, you know, where's that felt the most? You mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson is the anchor of your defense. Yes, Dylan's a fantastic right. defender, is going to guard that lead perimeter guy, but Jaron Jackson's the anchor. So, so if you subtract Dylan, you know. Is there a guy, is Zaire Williams ready to step up into that role of a three, you know, three and D slot guy? You know, what are the Grizzlies? You know, is that De- I'll throw this one at you. Is Desmond Bain the Desmond Bain we've seen the last two games that's been mm-hmm. freer offensively because Dylan has gone and gotten the top guy on defense and that's taken some off? Mm-hmm. You know, is he that same guy without the Dylan Brooks? You know, how much would they miss him is what I'm asking you, saying. You, you make some good points. You're yeah. making good points for sure, for sure, because – not only is, is Dylan making Desmond's game better because of his defense, his offense is making the game better for Desmond Bain. Even though he's out there missing shots, teams are scheming because of the reputa- reputation of Dylan Brooks. Like, okay, Dylan Brooks is on the court. Okay, I got to guard that dude. I got to guard that. Oh, shit, I got right. Desmond Bain. You got to guard both of them now. Even though, Des- even though Dylan's out there missing and looking ridiculous doing so, him that him just being the threat, the decoy on the court helps this team. We saw Zaire play a lot of games last year starting, and they were still, you know, they their defense took over, you know, because Jaron was out there. I don't know. That's a great unknown for this team. I really don't know what you're gonna get. 
right. if uh if you do that. But one thing I will say, you made another good point too when you first started off. ADHD is kicking in, but I think I recall you saying something about um basically to let me to say that um if Dylan isn't traded by the deadline, he's gone. I don't I don't think that I think if they don't trade him, I don't think there's a deal kind of to be made for him. If, if that makes any sense. I, I would love for that not to be the case. I'd love to be a, see a situation where Dylan does just want to fit in, but I just don't see it happening. I think the Grizzlies will realize it may be better to try to move Dylan, try to get a future first-round pick, get a, a, another pick in this year's draft, something like that for him, as opposed to, you know, just losing him this summer. Because like you said, man, it don't take nothing but one team to, uh, you know, kind of make an offer, you know, to get him up out of here. It's, it's going to be one crazy-ass team with money. Who throw it at him? But but you know people said that about Tyus Jones and that just wasn't the case. Like there was no, you know that 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 uh that market just wasn't there. But for Dylan, a guy who you know, if anything he can defend, anything you know he can score a little bit. So, um, I like I said, man, I just went through that whole emotional rant because I want to see Dylan Brooks here. I want to see the best version of Dylan Brooks we can. He's on a on a team as young as this. He is the most tenured Memphis Grizzlies player on this team. Yeah. He's been there longer than anybody. Well, and I remember, remember he he was part of your heart and soul two years ago against Utah in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, Dylan's yeah. He, it was it was Ja and He's Dylan. The energy guy. It was Ja yeah. and Dylan at that point. We against were saying the world. this shirt right, I'm wearing now, this Grizz Gang shirt I have on has Ja and Dylan because it was them against the world from that playoff series. Yeah, man. We so are far like, removed not, from that. Yeah. Let let me let me ask you this before, before we move. Zaire Williams, who who's you know obviously was bad news for the the uh, for fans that he's going to be out the next at least the next four to six uh, with the tendonitis has been out all season, but you know sort of the 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 expectations for him going into year two, okay, maybe he can have a bane like jump going into year two. I'm just, I'm just curious, saying about your belief level, your confidence level. We know with with Grizzlies rookies, hey, you got you got to mm-hmm. wait a little while. But Zaire has shown flashes and did in the playoffs right. last season. Everything else, just your confidence level that he is the I don't know the three of the future for the Memphis Grizzlies. Just where are you at on mm-hmm. Zaire? Whether he can be a great defender on that end of the floor, where he is offensively, what do you think? He, um, I think he's one of those guys. People's expectations of him all over the place. Some people think he's Paul George. Some people think he's Chris Middleton. Some people think he's uh, 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 Brandon um, Ingram. Brandon Ingram, <laughs> yeah. Some people think he's Kevin Durant. Some people think he's uh, uh, Bridges with with Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I just want him to be a guy who can defend, who 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 can stay on the court, who can who can who can be a versatile defender, who can knock down threes at a decent clip, somewhere between thirty eight to 43 percent from the field. I want him to stay being a long body. I don't think he has any choice from that. And I want him to be healthy. Um, Chris Vernon of Grind City Media, he was talking about that there are people saying that part of his tendonitis is because he's still fucking growing, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's he's 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, if that kid's still growing, he's going to be a 6'10", true guard. He's a wing, but, you know, he's probably better at the two than he is at the three. Um he could be a he could be a very good player. He could be that missing piece for this team, or he could be a phenomenal player that you're bringing out the bench. That could be a matchup nightmare for a lot of people. Um, I think him being here, being with Job, being in this organization helps him a lot. Really covers up a lot of his uh, uh, his weaknesses or whatever. Um, I'm high on him. I'm not really sure where I am on him. A lot of a lot of people kind of created this dream scenario for him. That's not actually a reality. Like we've kind of like made up like this 
fantasy world of, of who Zaire is, which is which often happens with your six eight six nine wings. That you get the Jeff Green, Rudy Gay, where you just kind of create a scenario of him that actually never happened yet. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but I can see that. But uh, I think I think he could be a good player, man. And I'm ready to see him back. And I think he's one of those guys. We talk about Jaron coming back. If Zaire comes back, and there is a leap that he's taking, not that um like that fringe all-star leap that we saw from Desmond Bain last year where he's looking like a guy who's in the playoffs especially who looks like a phenomenal player. But if Zaire's looking like a guy who goes from maybe your eighth night man to maybe your sixth, seven man in your rotation, that can definitely make this team, you know, that much scary. Yeah. You uh you listen to grind season. It feels good saying that with yeah, the man. boys. Jason Smith and the 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 real talent Anthony is saying, um, Moving on to, to to our final segment, sort of wrapping it up, and Sane mm-hmm. came up with this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna step out of his way. Little crowd see what y'all think about this. Something we're gonna do regularly here, and yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and we'll be dropping what twice a week, Sane grind season. Yeah. So make sure you're tuned in all season long and on into the off season. But we're gonna do who brought that seasoning? Who brought it? Who brought it? Uh, uh, while we were gone, or at least in this stretch here for the Grizzlies, we've got five a five-game sample size. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying t- t- you lead us off because this is your brainchild. I've got, okay. I've got, some, I got some nominees. Now you know a season, Jason. You can give just enough season. You might overseason. You might season with the wrong type of stuff. It might be a salty season, a sweet season, a savory season, a spice, a Cajun, or whatever you're doing, man. A jerk season, a, a slap your mama season, whatever you're doing. You know what I mean? But I think. Since the last time we talked, which was the beginning of the season, this is our first show, the inaugural episode of Grind Season. I think the player that has brought the season, of course, is John Morant. I, I mean, it's an easy one. This uh, one's easy, isn't it? It's a layup. Um, the work that we saw him put in in the summer. A guy who, like we said, all-star team starter, second team all-NBA, all the things he did last year to get in the lab and come back with the feathery three-point shot. The shot is quicker. He got with Blake Ahern. They're in the lab. The shot is faster, quicker release, feathery. He's knocking down threes. Not just a high percentage, but a high – he's taking high attempts. I want to say he's taking maybe five, six threes a game. He One game he hit like four or six. Like he's shooting a lot of threes, and he's making a lot of threes. The mid-range game. I'm seeing John Morant coming down taking mid-range pull-ups. Even his, even his drives to the basket. It's like he's, he's learning to protect his body better. John was in the lab. Man, he brought this season. I don't know if it's what, – what, what are we calling it, man? That, that's some – uh. What's that stuff, man? Uh, I don't know. Some some uh, some Lowry's the Lowry. Yeah. You know we put it on everything. I don't know why. Yeah, you put it on everything. Yeah. and we he put Ja on. Up. If you put Ja on it on everything, it makes it better. It mm-hmm. makes the, the team better. It makes everything. I, I would be I, saying I, I I'd be rem, I, I'd be a fool if I pick somebody else mm-hmm. than Ja Moran through the four and one start. Was he fourth in the league in scoring? And I think mm-hmm. the thing that I've been the most amazed by is how he continues to add. Right, you 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 mentioned it. Everybody in the offseason was wondering, is Ja really working? Seems like man out here drinking Casamigos. More people question that was he was he doing more <laughs> drinking than working out? Is he buying houses? Yeah, it's uh, all that. The man is twenty three years old. He's mm-hmm. entitled to be young, and yet what he's shown you is clearly a motivation to get better every year and add to his game. You know the other part of his game, saying he seems like like he's intent on 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 improving defensively. Yeah. Like you've seen him with the chase down him. blocks, and I know we've mm-hmm. seen, you know, uh, 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 we've seen p- that before, but you're seeing it more often. You're seeing saying, more defensive effort, man. Saying, I, re- I really think, yeah. I really think, saying too that that this season, and and maybe it happens on down the road. But if Chris Paul can, you know, 
and mostly because of how cerebral he was, can lead the league year after year or be among those steals. Man, John Morant with that length and that 6'3 can do it too. And you saw a little bit of it in the preseason. Uh, He's been asked to do so much early this year with Jaron out that, you know, Mm -hmm. you're asking him to expend on both ends. But I just think, you know, my prediction is that at some point, John Morant's going to jump up a steal. I think he was 1.2 last year. He's going to get around to the two, you know, 2.2 steals per game mm-hmm. that usually lead the NBA. I think Ja on that end of the floor, too, saying has shown that, look, I know I got to pick it up. We were oh, sixth yeah. in defense last year. This team was good defensively without me. Uh, I can't be a weak link. And he showed toward the end of the season he wasn't going to be. But I think you see a clear motivation from him at 23 years old, saying, like, guys are – God, mm-hmm. hell, I wouldn't mind if a guy took an off-season off when he, you know, almost when you're at that age, um, especially right. at this point in your professional career. But um, y'all don't take time off, and he certainly seems intent on yeah, improving man. his game every off-season, man. To, it's, it's, it yeah. feels he like He wasn't just shooting documentaries. He wasn't just shooting the damn John Morant movie this nah, summer, he was, man. He was, he, he he was, was shooting thousands of the three-pointers. Yeah, for sure, man. And it's exciting. It's exciting that, like I said, have a guy who's that talented but also putting that much effort. You know, to, to be better, man. It's, it's and, and phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And in a city where Penny Hardaway became a star, right, mm-hmm. and is the, the coach over at the, the University of Memphis and has his own signature shoe, it, mm-hmm. it, you just wonder how Ooh. big this could get with John Morant because, yeah. you know, like I was telling somebody this morning on, on local radio, you just drop a big magnet in town, a superstar like that, that – um. The entire world, it feels like, is watching now. Saying not just you mm-hmm. know the entire not not just Memphis. Um, yeah. The the attention level, the fact he he's he's changing culture in Memphis in much the way that Penny Hardaway did at one time. And you just wonder, well, how big could that star get? We know how big yeah. the uh, Penny Hardaway, who should be a Hall of Famer, uh, 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 because his career was cut short, is not one. Yeah. Um, but John Morant, man, and the superstar that. You know, that had a guy do the signature shoe thing from here. Um, yeah. feels like he could be just as big a star, insane, mm-hmm. probably a lot bigger. Yeah, at man. Least in, at least in the, you know, and barring Penny, injury. And Penny was a global, yeah, he was that dude. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's exciting times, man. Exciting times for sure. Exciting times for this podcast, man. Exciting times for be doing what we're doing here. Like we yep. said, we want to do this uh, at least twice a week, give you guys uh, just authentic, content from two uh, local Memphians, two guys who love the city, love the game of basketball, and love the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it's an exciting season. Like I said, we're 4-1. Uh, I'm predicting we go undefeated on this road trip. I don't take Utah serious. By the time we talk again, you'll see why you shouldn't take them serious. Man, I'm not buying no so, team. Where they're going to be so bored in Salt Lake City having to spend, yeah, the, what, man. three days, two games, three days? Yeah, thing, exactly. man. I'm not buying no team with Laurie Markinen as your best player. <laughs> you, can go, you can go to hell with that one. I don't oh, man, know. I, I, can, do I can see him dropping one of them, just being bored to death in Salt Lake City. But I free Mike I, Conley I, though, man. Free Mike Conley. No, if you're you're calling an undefeated because you get Portland, uh, you figure with Without no Dame Lillard to finish yeah. off the the four game road yeah. trip. So hopefully, good things in store for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, as sa- I echo saying, it's a blessing uh, to 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 be doing the show, uh, especially with a man of his talents. And and hopefully, you'll be listening to us all season long. Like Saint said, twice per week here on Grind City. Make sure to listen to us on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, for Brother Sane, I'm Jason Smith. We out of here. I'm trying to tell you.